Chris, I was interested many, many dozens of episodes ago and at least a couple of different episodes we were talking about the idea of the fact that we're doing the podcast in English and we were talking about that phenomenon that we had a pop culture intuition of of the idea that there are thoughts and ideas that only exist in other languages and that you need to be able to speak those languages. Pop culture intu- I did linguistics at university. Sorry, go on. This, yeah, I mean, I did. I just, of- I'm just always trying to sneak that into conversation <laughs> wherever possible. I just can't get the syntax right. That was me deliberately opening it up for you to shoot <laughs> oh, yeah, it in. As I, as I wrote to you. Thank yeah. you. So as someone who's an uh, academic expert in linguistics, you you know something <laughs> that I'm only coming across, which is that the uh, the uh, Sapir-Whorf hypothesis of the idea of um, language determining thought to that extent has been uh, largely discredited amongst the um, studying community, um, the the weight of expert um, investigation into it. It seems like there is whatever effect um, the language that you speak has on the ideas that you hold, or at the very least the idea that that, that there are untranslatable ideas is, um, if it exists at all, it is judged to be um, a weaker force um, than than sexy uh, cheese party conversations might want to run away with. Apparently every form of humour is translatable into, is like exists in sign language. Yeah, right. That's cool. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I guess, yeah, like, I mean, half of the ones that are in the top five you just do with your hands anyway. Mm. Makes sense. The thing that has me thinking about it is an unrelated uh, issue, which, you know, really makes everything that I said uh, redundant. Yeah. But it's it's the idea of, like, slightly antiquated terms and ideas and um, what it says about me that sometimes I find words that maybe aren't as much in the common usage in the same way that we've ranked some ideas, like when we were, when we ranked burnout and things like that, where we were like, this is a more common term, which suggests that it's a more specific understanding of something, um, that's happened in recent times. There's some words that, um, from back in the day that were more popular that still exist in language, but you know, the flavors and colors of them, um, sometimes capture my imagination in a specific way. Um, you'll be knocked out to know that I'm thinking of a specific one oh. that's been on my mind that I want to float as one to rank today. That is it then... hip or is it groovy? <laughs> um, it's shagadelic. I think really <laughs> really 1996 to 1997, ni- <laughs> May 1996 to <laughs> yes. September 1997 was when the culture really peaked around uh, certain linguistic ideas that are key to my heart. Um, now, um, I've, I've been thinking about... Um, because there's a lot of discourse in the arts where I do a lot of work um, in the last few years about failure, the importance mm-hmm. of failure, the mm-hmm. celebration of failure. And that's pretty cool and would be an interesting idea to rank. But as always, it makes me obnoxiously be like, oh, but is failure, is that enough of a rude idea? Or what is what is behind failure? What is the thing that is, or what's the thing that's not being talked about as much as failure that's interesting? And for me, um, the thing that comes back, the, the thing that it comes back to that I think is really interesting to think about is just um, <laughs> setting out on things that are a bad idea uh, in the first place and just oh, yeah. the centrality of that to the human condition. And um, the word that I really like in terms of the specific way it gets used and um, often gets used in the arts particularly in a specific way is uh, folly. You know, I was thinking fiasco. Fiasco. Uh, yeah, Ooh, just, that's just what you were saying. Because I, I, I encountered that word in a crossword essay and I was like, I love that word. Like, oh. I, it's, it's, I love it whenever it gets used because it's like really, you know, there's no shade to it. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, yeah. Folly folly is also excellent because it's, uh, yes, it suggests that the very project itself is, is it's it, the mistake is not in its execution. The mistake is not in 
the circumstance, yeah. the mistake is in the decision to pursue a particular thing. And the, the, is that is that um, yeah? So the, sort of a conceptual a con- a conception point failure. Is that um, yeah? This is this is I think so. And again, I'm I'm coming from a very specific history of usage of the word, which is the use of the word follies in like theatre and uh, musical history, mm-hmm. which is the idea of like you know uh, specifically it is it is a personal person's ruinously bad idea but which is which is kind of meaty and interesting to observe and watch but um yeah i mean cuz the dictionary definition of folly is just like foolish like ill advised like mm. but yeah i do think that there's connotations that are built up around the word which is more no, i know what you, i get, I get it contains the, the human condition Look, let's do it way. let's get on it let's let's let the definition rest on the other side of, the, of this beautiful song I hope that we find you well wherever you are, listeners of the Rank Ideas podcast, because you've made a great decision to tune into another episode, because today Nick Deladovic and I are going to continue our quest to rank every human idea on our ever-expanding list in order from best to worst. Today we're looking at the idea of folly and I hope that you don't associate that with the Rank Ideas podcast. Until now. Ranking. It's the thing that we do here on this podcast. Chris Endry is the host and so am I. So I I could have a crack at defining um, folly or because obviously I've come in hot with a sense of it. Coming in hot, yep. Um, which is, yeah, it's basically it's the idea of something being ill-advised, a bad idea. But, um, yeah, I think the thing that's juicy for me is the idea of it being an intrinsic um, – there's, there's something intrinsic in human decision-making, human thought, the way that human brains work, where we just constantly have bad ideas or want to do things that aren't a good idea, or at least <laughs> the things that make things challenging or ill-advised, whether or not they end up turning out well or badly, you know, that there are things uh, – It's yeah, it's that, there's, that there is a compelling explanation for why that happens in just the – heuristics of the human brain. It's pretty funny because I feel like a folly is something that's not, like it kind of sounds a bit silly as a term. Like I I don't think you would sit around a table and be like, I I hate to admit it, but we have engaged in a folly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's much more... um, it's, I think it's, it's more. It has it's, a more cel- almost a celebratory tone. Yeah, because I think it's it's an assessment that's made contemporarily by other people upon a pursuit that's being undertaken. Yeah. most often, or or retrospectively. Um, yeah. Which, which instinctively like makes me think it's not that great because and like there's there's obviously a lot to unpack and we're just beginning but I, I think that um it's so like so many of the things that are useful meaningful step shift changes or um you know adventures to undertake uh, will fail and um and we can't it's it's almost impossible to predict which will be the successful ventures and the unsuccessful ones and very often the ones which are successful but for circumstance if if they didn't if they didn't succeed they would look and be fairly described as a folly say for example if i spent you know if i if i had a fantabulous contraption in my garage that i spent two hundred thousand hours on and i was constantly out there tinkering i was like one day i'm gonna get us to the moon and you know and i'd never get us to the moon well that's clearly a that's clearly a folly but somebody, somebody got to the moon. Like, yeah, and I don't think it was from their garage. But I hope you appreciate the point that I'm making. Yes, yeah. <laughs> this is. Um, it was not. It was from a big communal garage. Yes, with a lot of dads working together. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we need more dads on this project. Exactly. 
and exactly uh, four African-American mathematician ladies. Yeah, so for the memes. Well, just so you can't have more because that's too many character arcs to fit in one film. Oh, I didn't watch it. It's trust me. But I've seen the memes. Yeah. Cried all, all the way through. Really? Well, you know, I'm an easy cry. Say anything to me. The word folly, I'm not sure where it should exist on our list. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Right. I mean, I mean... Uh, I, I guess... No, it's Do fine. you want I truth? Mean, it's just, I mean, we've been having a really good time on the podcast up to now and I... D- no, we haven't. Okay, it's a good point. <laughs> the tears didn't come from that. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the concept of folly, I often feel like, is associated to a particular name. Like, you'll be like, it's that person's folly or like... Yes. You know, they... Yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. And yeah. I do think that that I think we, we almost have to bake that into the ranking. Yeah. But I think you've raised the important questions because... Uh-huh. Because a like stepping back and stepping back a meta level, there's the question of whether we're ranking, whether it's good to do follies versus yeah. how good it is to have the idea and awareness of folly. Mm-hmm. My my hunch is the latter. Yeah, um, I think so. Yep, that it's a conceptual. We're rating the conceptual yeah. handle and the use of it. Yeah, like when we ranked um, uh, burnout or nudity or any of these things like that. We not you're not rating what it is to do the thing. You're rating what it is to understand the concept. Yeah, but as you say, that raises some interesting ideas, which is like, is an idea that allows you to negatively load human endeavor, like be a sort of front foot critical about it in more ways. Is that good? Um, Because it allows you to be good. Is it good on the basis that a lot of um, bad outcomes actually can really be predicted um, and sensibly should be and having um, a generous and sort of almost positively or uh, loaded sense of just being able to be like, oh, that's folly. Don't do it. Um, Or if you do, it'll be this. Um, is 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 that good? Or as you raised before, is um, having an over? Is it an over um, reaching framing when you know? Basically, uh, it almost comes to the question of like, how predictable are bad outcomes? Are they as predictable as we think, or how predictable outcomes at all? Um, do is 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 it is everything just post hoc yeah, justification? Yeah, and another element is uh, in our weighting is of consideration is that it's also not really a particularly like it's a scathing assessment, but it does depersonalize it kind of in a way. I th- I think like the existence of because because you're not like like I mean you can say that person is foolish they're engaging here on a folly, but I, it's it's not um it does decouple the uh, the pursuit from the individual in a way that potentially softens making a mistake and uh, softens yeah. you know, giving that feedback to someone like yeah. you, you know I feel like you could take a friend aside and be like look. Your attempt to um, sail off the edge of the world is is a folly. Yeah, you know it's it's doomed. Don't do it. It's not the worst. It's not the nicest thing to say to someone. They're not going to take it most generally. But compared to like for your your um your example before, even the word fiasco, which has a lot of humorous vibes. I mean, maybe it's not a good comparison because fiasco is often applied definitely after the fact. Like mm. this is a fiasco. Yeah. Um. Or jury. But you. But even fiasco feels like another degree of like cruelty. I feel like fire festival is a fiasco. Folly mm. is like. Um, Folly is Don Quixote. Uh, yeah, is Don Quixote's whole yeah. mission. You know, yeah. yeah. Where you can you can still be kind of you can be into it. You might even say it was an outright folly, but there were things like as a thing to observe, if not go through. There, there are there are likable aspects to this. Yeah, and and oddly, me who never thinks in cinema or watches many films, have you ever seen the film The Mission? Yeah, Jeremy yeah. Irons. Like I don't even really remember it, but it it comes to mind as a type of thing that we could be looking at here because the um. The idea in this film, and I really don't remember it, so apologies if there are any mission heads in the audience. But I think it follows um, 
some Jesuits or something who go to into South or Central America and to set up a, a mission and, you know, it go, goes awry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an interesting one because it's, you know, it's a well-intentioned pursuit from the people who are doing it, but potentially, you know, it, it's, with a bit of social historical context, we can look back and be like, this is an absurd thing to be doing or like it is yeah. a folly in the sense that like to to be so wedded to particular outcomes in in engaging in this process, in this environment, it's, it's almost absurd to watch um, yeah. you know, th- the the story type of story be told through the centuries but um it doesn't have i I think it doesn't have like you wouldn't watch that and be like these are and this isn't maybe something in its favor you wouldn't watch it this would be necessarily oh these are good or bad people that's not the point at all it's the intent yeah they were we're looking at an endeavor um yeah and that's that's the that's one nice element of uh viewing things through this lens is that you do have the opportunity to you are by nature taking the opportunity to um yeah to write a, a contextual endeavor rather than rather than a person yeah i like that that's really good which Chris. is which is a positive but yeah. it doesn't mean it's all positive no it's it's the recent example that i was hearing about um around those sort of ideas that mission sort of idea mm-hmm. um a couple of days ago was a close loved one talking to me about their work experience of working at a small business kind of firm that is um been doing a lot of conscious like diversity messaging and diversity hiring and then just like have just gotten into real flap of um like just badly designing the inclusion process like basically you know like just just, can't genuinely caring a lot about the idea of diversity but then just not doing a good job of listening to the new hires on ramping you know like putting their own cultural context and ego protection aside to actually listen to the experience of the people that they've had and they've just quickly, the new employees, and they've just quickly gotten into interpersonal clashes, which have led to those people then resigning and going. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, one of them, one of them has gone and um, gone to work for another equivalent rival, rival uh, business in oh, the wow. same space that is basically doing none of the yeah. Um, yeah. overtures towards yeah. diversity. And it's, and it's interesting that idea that for in a world where what is, um, most upsetting to most people most of the time is thwarted expectations more more so than things actually being bad. Yeah. Um, as in things being bad sucks and if they're bad enough, that's the worst thing of all. But often something, something's hypocritical, you know, but also like if you, if you thought that if you think something is or might be really good and then that turns out to be bad, mm. then that for humans, that seems to be particularly upsetting, particularly, um, I was talking to Maybe about, about the Domino's pizza I ordered, uh, <laughs> I ordered for myself in isolation a couple of weeks ago. Think about oh. that. Think it's still with you. Yeah. And sorry to continue on this, but my, I know you're about to say something, but my, uh, I was on the phone to a, a friend um, who said, because uh, I was like, I don't remember it being so horrible and disgusting. I don't know what, I was so disappointed. And she said, um, it was the last time you, you, or the only other times you've eaten that pizza been when it's been free? And I was like, yeah, and it's always great. Oh, because <laughs> I wasn't expecting anything and suddenly I've got mm-hmm, this something. Mm-hmm. But ordering something, have it come to your house and it's framing. Domino's pizza, oh, my God. Got, it's yeah. bleak. Got really bleak framing. Yeah. But, yeah, um, Lily pointed out when I was talking to her about this yesterday that, like, you're just talking about loss when you're talking about thwarted expectations, yeah. like, which is yeah. which is psychically a very painful. It's that Buddhist Zen thing, isn't it? The, you know, expectations are just, you know, baking in a degree of disappointment. Yeah. Of suffering or something. So weirdly, you know, one one business firm trying to do something to progress yeah. the space and make it, but, but failing, yeah. arguably they get they get more harshly judged than the people who are like, wait, we're not even trying to do that, but we're upfront about that. Uh, we- I always think this because, you know, I put on different shows or whatever and, you know, receive criticism and sometimes it's, it's very strong and harsh. I'm like, and, I'm always like in 
or you know how operations are done and you know it's a reasonable thing to engage in but it's always funny to me i'm like why you know why are people going out of their way to write to me when like you know what look at what Woolworths is doing just on the corner like sure. you know contact them they they they've got a larger scale of harm that they're it is they're it culpable. is it is interesting the um critical response that new attempts to do new things yeah, draws exactly, out exactly exactly and this for me is interesting because i feel like on one hand that creates um that that bumps up the ranking for folly on one side which is the idea of like oh folly is um you know, there's there's a warmth of connotation to it. Mm. There's a depersonalization. There's a, in in the in one way, it's making space to actually still do it. Yeah. But then on the other hand, it's still very much the domain of new things. Yeah. Or, or at least outlier things. Yeah. Which is so interesting because I feel like, um, you know, say for example, we look at uh, I don't know why I'm obsessed with going to the moon at the moment, but it, you know, we there's, there's a lot of social shed. criticism of because of because of you have shed, which suggests the idea of making a fantabulous contraption, which suggests the idea of going to the moon. Okay, some things are, I, I, don't, I don't want my entire life to be on display in the, in the podcast, Nick. I like to surprise everyone when, like, from the moon. <laughs> um, and I got here with coal and kerosene. I mean, if I, if I talk enough about how it's a folly, then people are going to be extra surprised. <laughs> That's nice. Hmm. I hope I don't disappoint them with this expectation, yeah. Me too. Hmm. Um, so, the you know, the, the current cohort of... Um, extraordinary billionaires who are trying to, you know, um, I guess, change the way that humans go into space, et cetera, and, you know, potentially go to the moon and whatever else, um, you know, that's that's considered a, a folly. But what is not considered a folly, uh, I, I sorry, added, if you were to poll everyone and say yes or no, is this a folly, um, I feel like the numbers would be much larger for the attempts to go into space and go to the moon or whatever, rather than the, you know, five tiers down billionaires who um, – are engaged in extracting, you know, oil and mm-hmm. um, burning it into the atmosphere, which is something that we, you know, you, we materially know what the consequences something of that, that are, and they're quite, and you know, like of course there are benefits, but there are costs, and you know, there could be different ways to do it, but it's not an outlier behaviour now. Um, we we've all grown up in a world where it was already happening. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's as uh, we've got the baseline shifting baseline effect, where like, like I, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of us in this listenership would would agree and think that like. You know, you've stood at a bus, like a bus stop or something, and watched cars go past and realize, oh, hang on a sec, or sat in traffic and like, oh, look, there's, you know, there. I spend an hour doing this to get from here to here, and there are four empty seats in every car around me. This is this is a folly, but it's not. If you created that system tomorrow, it would seem absurd from zero. Yeah. But because it's it's slowly boiled up, nobody, not nobody, but um, the interrogation on it is much is much less than it yeah. could be. Yeah, I think the interesting. I'm trying to think: is there an in between? And for me, the in between of what gets considered folly or or just because, as you say, stuff that stuff like that is just as arguably foolish as any other new behaviours that might be foolish. Mm. But they people think of them as just systems. Um, yeah. As just normal. As just society. They think of it as society, or they think of it as the human condition, even about really recent things. And I think you need a lot of historical context to look back at those things and see them as a folly. Say, for example, if you heard. Um, Oh, you know, ex era Roman society, they, you know, the leaders was, you know, there were so many earthquakes and they made all these sacrifices to try and stop that, but there were still earthquakes. And, you know, eventually, whether, I don't know, like, you know, you could see something like that. And with time, you'd be like, oh, that's clearly folly. But then at the, for contemporaries, you know, perhaps nobody thought it was yeah. a bad decision or exactly that course of action. It would have, yeah, it would have felt um, kind of rendering the concept of folly a bit useless in that. In that, um, for those types yeah. of engagements. Um, I think about it in terms of um, it's always a fun and funny thought experiment for me to just like think about um, 
written language, not even the printing press, but like the mm. advent of written language and the people around at that point who were alarmist about it and been like, this is the change that is going to ruin the human brain. And just to like run this opportunity of being like, this, just just deciding in my mind that they're right, just being like, yeah, I mean, mm. yeah, look at what's happened to us. Like, you know, we can't like, we can't remember a damn thing anymore. That idea of, uh, yeah, any, just the fun um, analysis of just being like, all right, what, what centuries deep millennia deep, you know, societal decisions were made that were, that you could just look at as, well, that was a folly. Like we're still living, you know, it's just a, like a a millennia long commitment to a folly could still be a folly. I mean, a lot of people that look at the sort of long arc of human history consider um, settled agriculture to be like a a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. And, you know, and again, like I, that's not, my take is not that my take is that anything you do is a mix of costs and benefits. So that's one that, so the guys, these are, these are, Good ways to use the tool and realize, oh, it's perhaps not that good for yeah um, certain things. Um, it's it's. What do you think is accurately described as a? What do you think is accurately described as a folly to great benefit of all parties who engage in that discourse? While I'm thinking of that, I'll mm-hmm. I'll say that the thing that I thought of as an in between before, mm-hmm. in terms of people being, yeah, that's that's a folly, but still kind of having that cyst that well, it's the way things are, is just the way people behave in their romantic and interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Like fundamentally what we're seeing most of the time in most people's interpersonal relationships are the repeats of foolish decision-making and foolish suppositions and foolish mm. framings that have been happening reliably nonstop yeah. throughout yeah. like human society. It reminds me very much of, um, I had a friend who was engaging in some behavior that was doomed to fail and, um, and our mutual friend was watching in despair. and was like, I just don't understand. Like, hasn't he read anything in literature? Like, <laughs> this is, and I, I thought that was so funny because I was like, yeah, but haven't we all? Like, you haven't, know, like, like, literally, this is my thing when, um, I've said this before on the podcast, I'm sure, but when, probably when we talked about story and I was trashing it left and right mm. before it still ranked high, is, uh, you know, when people- when people get haunty about book readers, and again, this is this is a way to trash reading and writing, when people are like, um, when they want to be smug about, well, you know, reading fiction, it really, it's, it's been proven to increase your um, your level of empathy and theory of mind of others. And I'm like, Who said that? really? Like, has it though? I mean, how bad is, how, That's like, so funny. I thought you were going to go the other way. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to feel personally attacked here. And it's like, <laughs> and, you know, people get all high and mighty and say reading fiction makes you a moron. <laughs> no, that's, that's the, that's the mighty high for me. Cause it's yeah. like, again, like the, um, yeah, like people really believe that they're, I mean, what yeah. must they? What do they think non-readers are behaving? I mean, you really like? put me onto this when we were playing in Hot and Powerful together. Just, uh, it's really it changed my thinking about so many things to realize how, um, just inevitably, like because of the shorthandness of story, how and the, and how that scaffolds at scale, how it just inevitably flawed anything is, and like you can, yeah. The, I mean, it's great for yeah. Uh, Wrong it's thinking. It's an ex- excellent episode to listen to. Our episode on story. It's it's, it's an older one, so really good one. Going back if you're a recent listener, go do it. But yet the the as you say, like yeah, the posit I made in that one was that you know stories are so effective at what they do, mm. and then most of the communication they're transmitting is wrong, and mm. they're doing it so fast and mm. at such scale, um, over such a short amount of time. So really, I mean, follies are getting propagated so quickly. And that's the thing, like back to your, that's the funny thing about what your friend said about, oh, hasn't there ever any story? And I get it. On the one hand, it's like the, any conventional modern, like at least Western storytelling models, the absolute base matter of a story uh, most of the time is person thinks they know what they want. They turn out to be wrong. Then they have to, they have to get something completely different um, to that, to 
to become uh, whole or elevated. That is every story, and yet people do not. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't internalise that. As you know, it's why I don't like most movies, because they have to cram that journey in yeah. in a way that feels like it's stretched, spread so thin that the reality comes apart to me too often. That's it. Plus, yeah. it's reductive, and plus there's yeah. no there's no particular evidence that that is a better way to to navigate your when existence. Does anything end? Yeah. But, but, even, but it's funny, because even if it was, mm. the thing's not selling to people. Mm. Like, all these other facile yeah. artifacts of the story are what sells. And yeah, um, yeah but the- also it's just like such a uh, it's such a completely overridden thing constantly by just the smallest you know human hacks. Like yes, I've been I've been exposed to this idea, been exposed to this journey, been exposed to this transcendence. But I want to do this now, mm-hmm. <laughs> like or mm-hmm. or um, mm-hmm. this is in front of me. <laughs> or like, but, yeah, I know, just the smallest, most tedious things. That's that, it. Know, a, a much uh, more. Uh, difficult to one-to-one replicate maybe in a compelling way. That's that's to me some of my favourite fiction of, you know, the last couple of decades at least has just been stuff that just deals more headlong, head like staring in the face with just the more kind of blunt realities of just human desire as mm. an unquenchable thing um, and just being like, that's what's going on. That's another nice thing I got from you in life, Nick, the idea of desire, reckon with it or because you're going to one way, one way or the other, you're going to reckon with it. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 what's it's what's happening. Yeah, like I, yeah, I get the religious and spiritual traditions that deal with the concept of divesting yourself of desire. Like I get the attraction to that idea, of course, but it's not real. <laughs> like, that's not you. Yeah, well, not in not in a shorthand sense of the like I've decided not to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you certainly can't discipline your way out of it. That's for sure. And it's so interesting because at a collective level, it kind of is an important thing because there's always going to be net more desires than net um, capacity to fulfill. At least under any current conditions. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Mm. Too complex, too complex to engage. Complex. But yeah, Um, but that has raised the interesting idea that most stories that we ever see have folly embedded in them as a step, which again shows that like... People that write stories want us to think things. (laughs) It really does. But again, it also shows that like... Back to what you say that like folly is a mechanic where people can be seen to be doing absolutely the wrong thing, but yep. still be quite still be likable to the yep. observer. Yeah, which just feels like a mix of pros and cons. Actually, like this yeah, is an interesting I, one. I feel like I would be um, I, like I'm trying to think of instances in my own life where the concept of a folly, like seeing somebody undertake something that I personally whether right or wrong and position to know in my mind, in my own belief that it's doomed. Like mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's, it is a folly they're undertaking to me. How, I, how I, I'm trying to think of instances where I've reckoned with that information in a way that where that's been, rep, where I have to represent that in a way, because this is the other, this is the other thing. Like, okay. Step one is because it's social handle of people understanding that something is a folly. Step two, like what is there a utility in, um, representing that to someone like or like mm-hmm. do we think that's the maximum the be- the best way to play out whatever's happening there obviously it's, di- it's different depending on what the undertaking is or the scale of the yeah. potential destruction or or blindness within it but um i think that's almost embedded into it is is the element that like a folly of an undertaking is is one that like like it's the social lens that it's not a good idea yeah. Like, otherwise, it's not considered to be a folly, whether yeah. or not it is. Whether or not it in is. reality, as 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 with, for instance, say sacrificing, you know, an ox so that we get a good harvest or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's that second point, that idea of like how, yeah, if how good a handle it is for um, communicating an idea to an audience of people, um, feels like the key thing in terms of like ranking it on the list. You're a communicator. Like, I can see you going to someone, a group, an individual, or whatever, and saying. 
this is a bad idea. Like, this is not going to end how you think that it will. Like, is that something that you... I mean, you also know about my personality, right? Yeah. You know that I'm, like, uh, a critical person, mm. something of a contrarian, someone who likes to sit at... who uh, likes to smugly sit outside things and as much as I can, and you can't perfectly... Um, or even that well, but, but I like, think you also cultivate a life where you would have people that would be that would welcome and invite that from you. I'm a, it's, I'm very fortunate to have some people who are very generous towards those sides of me, and particularly, but yeah, as you know, I'm a I'm a power of no person more than I'm a power of yes person. Like again, I'm I mean I'm optimistic, and that which you know has sometimes gotten me into has often got me into folly situations, but the um yeah, but often. I've, I've certainly had plenty of times where I found myself in the rooms and I'm the person who was like, no, you just shouldn't do that. That's a bad idea. Mm. And felt really, felt that that was a powerful and good offer. And I feel like that could be a powerful and good offer in more rooms and more places. And yeah, but part of it is just listening to people who are, <laughs> people who have a good take, which again, trying to like build your sense of how to judge who has a good take is a very slippery thing. And again, there are also, on the flip side, there are plenty of times where, you know, I've been in, I've been in rooms where I've been frustrated by people's lack of ability to think in an innovative way or to look at, um, or, you know, having a fear of a novel notion because I'm but, also but someone the, who's invested in this that. This goes to the other, the most important element, I think, in what we're talking about here, which is, is it's an assessment that's made, but often so almost always in realms that like you can't know what the outcomes yeah it's about judgment uh, right like and, and yeah exactly and so i mean even if the outcome of a behavior is clearly going to be deleterious to something you, like you know maybe that's something that needs to play out or maybe there's yeah. other lessons that come from that or it's something that somebody needs to discharge so that they can learn whatever it is like you can't the life and reality is too complex to make that assessment so then i don't know like this is uh, where you get to the celebration of failure as a thing in the discourse yeah yeah Exactly. So, um, so for example, I like one in which I was completely wrong recently is um, when Dave Pocock announced that he was going to run for the Senate. I, I privately was like, I thought this is a folly. This is a doomed um, mm. attempt because you can't win it. It's it's like look at the numbers. Here's what it is. You know, um, there's always been one. You know, Labor one, Liberal whatever. The ACT. Sorry, it's boring to go into the details, but yeah, it yeah. was. I thought, I thought that he couldn't win, and then he did win, and mm -hmm. he created that space by, by declaration and work and whatever, and, and celebrity power as well. Like yeah, of course, but you know, uh, uh, still, I, I, um, from the outside, it was easy to say that it was a folly, and yeah. um, and I was completely wrong because yeah. obviously he did win, and um. I mean, you know, so that can be a folly for other reasons. So we'll still yeah, we'll yeah, see exactly. the jury's still I, I, out. Yeah, separate assessments on that, <laughs> unrelated. Like I thought the endeavor was, like, um, couldn't be achieved. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is what was putting it more in the territory. Yeah, um, and, that, and yeah. so uh, you know, in that instance, it was a completely useless handle to have because, well, not not really actually, because I got a big lesson from from that. So, and also, I don't know, maybe maybe the interjection of your opinion in that moment might have. Like you don't know what effect that had mm. that that stone in the river had in terms of his behavior and how he approached things, you know, does like yeah, of as course, opposed of to course. as opposed to how he might have behaved campaigning wise if everyone had told him that it was going to be easy, for instance. Yeah, um, yeah, that's reductive. That's, but it, yeah, you're absolutely right there. Yeah, and maybe so, maybe then the utility of the tool. I mean, it's it's again, it's one of those things. that's like the sentiment is going to exist in one form or another. People are going to be dismissive of things or rejecting of yeah, things, and of often there. that's useful. And, and often it isn't, but it, it's it's still going to be there. I think it's I, I I'm pretty warm to the idea of a folly for some reason. I'm pretty warm to it. The other thing that's come up on me, which as we've talked about it, which is funny that I hadn't thought about that so much, is like my own arts practice and how much like oh, yeah. courting a sense of 
folly is a thing that people read onto my work as like a thing that I've deliberately done in a bunch of my works. Like I've always, that's not the frame I've used. I've always used the frame of ordeal um, Mm -hmm. around when I've been kind of explaining my work in like grant applications and noxious things like that, where I've talked about, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll do works where I'll put gratuitous ordeal mechanics into the thing and communicate that to the audience. And that becomes part of the juice for what the audience is interested Mm -hmm. in about the work as in work where I'm having like, um, performances and shows where I'm having to do extreme physical challenges for durational times as part of a, as part of artworks that don't traditionally have that or, um, where I'm just putting, uh, I'm putting levels of restriction. I'm sort of tying both arms behind my back in some way in terms of taking away what, what would normally be the tools of, um, that was of that would be used to make that type of artwork. Like I'm doing stuff to make it harder yeah. basically. Yeah. And so I think there's, um, a few things that I'm doing there. I mean, I remember the, it's it's it started like I I kind of just lifted it as an approach from what I interpreted a few artists that I liked when I was a kid to be doing. I don't know if that's what they were doing in their own mind, but I remember in the first band I played in, I used to like sing and then I would play a bit of guitar in one song and I'd play a bit of saxophone in the other song and I used to deliberately place the guitar and the saxophone far away from oh, yeah. each other on the stage yeah. and far away from the microphone. I've and heard, then I would, you know, I mean, this would be after you did it, but I've heard Jack White talk about doing this. He's one of the people like, that put I, things yeah. So that he'd have to reach further each time. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah and I, I love would, that stuff. I would love that stuff and I would do it deliberately and I would write the songs to make it <laughs> so there wouldn't be enough of a gap. Mm-hmm. I'd have to basically hurl myself across the stage mm-hmm. and, you know, risk it's failure good. or injury Yeah, well, it just gives life to th- performance in particular. Yeah, and maybe in a really cheap way, but I mean, I think, it, again, it's hooking into that Don Quixote appeal, that idea mm-hmm. of like this person, yeah, part of it is- you, What are they doing can't be done. And then yeah, or, and it's, or it's going to be really hard, or man, imagine if they pulled it, pull it off, or mm-hmm. I just want, uh, there's, I'm, I have some intuition that for me, I enjoy watching people go through processes like that, and that people will enjoy watching me through, go through processes like that. We love like watching, that. like, regardless of what you think of imp- Impro, the contained form as a word like we love watching people improvise and, and succeeding in, yeah. in things like that's yeah it's weird that we didn't talk about that right at the, that it's right at the start is the idea of like like folly has an attraction because the idea of pulling something off when pulling off unlikely things with the threat of disaster were there is kind of juicy about it. it's the opposite of of expectation yeah disappointment good point so yeah so i mean that kicks it up that makes that explains why i feel extremely warm towards it on one mm. level but it's funny like there really are two parts of me here there's the person there's the artist and the protectioner who is that and who loves that and who yeah is attracted to the idea of um risky innovative absurd reckless action and then yes there's also the big part of me who is who just loves clomping into a room and just being like no bad idea let's let's cut let's stop this process right now before it gets going the other element that i'm really warm to in it is the is the depersonalization like you know you could yeah. think about um say isaac newton was trying to boil iron so that he could you know invent a new way to see through time or whatever like, yeah yeah yeah, oh, yeah well, that's yeah. a folly but you know not like that guy's an idiot like, <laughs> yeah would it what a, what a clot, because, yeah, you kind of go, like... We know now. You know now. Like, back then, if you didn't, like, if you didn't know all the reasons why you mm. couldn't do that, like, wouldn't you maybe do that? <laughs> like, yeah. try and do it? We're obviously both outlier high on that sort of exploration yes. as well, which is, um, fail- it doesn't exist without failure. Yeah. It doesn't exist without enormous reams of failure yeah. for success. And I guess maybe this is why I bring it again. Part of the reason I brought it up was that idea of seeing people write entire books about celebrating and elevating and baking in failure Failure. to your practice. And I was like, oh, I feel like that's a little bit too downstream for me. Mm. 
or there's an essence like if you if you if you are going to elevate that then you kind of also have to elevate or at least reckon with very specifically and deliberately folly mm-hmm. like you know what is even is yeah it's quite different what is even causing failure um sweet what else do anything else you need to talk about before we go to the list only if there are rival concepts that it yeah. sort of do an equivalent job but yeah, I, I can't mean, really Synonym wise, yeah, I think this is the other interesting one because when I was thinking about it, this is why I thought it would be worth ranking because I couldn't find well, any synonyms aren't the same meaning to the no, ones exactly. that we've given the definition for. Yeah, because I mean, you know, how many synonyms are, are even are there for just bad idea? You know, mm. like that put it into this active doing state, whereas there's a lot of words like fiasco that are about like just, uh, you know, that are just the kind of present to future. You know, it's a, the the folly thing is like so much of it is about the predictive model, the predictive modeling of something, even though it still exists. It exists in all three times, like past, present, and future. But it really, I think that its real point of difference is that past, is that sorry, that predictive zone. Yeah, I I think um, leading into the ranking, I'll share a little small anecdote. My um, partner's parents are like to retire they're they're building a place in tasmania they're moving into um or they, they've built it and um and uh because it's a big endeavor and it's like a you know complex thing and they have to they're moving to a different place to do it etc um their friends describe it as their folly like they're like yeah, oh that's it. your tas yeah that's your, your your folly of what you're yep. undertaking but it's a very friendly spirited way of saying like oh geez you're doing a lot of work yeah. to do to get an outcome that you don't know what it will be certain here um and it doesn't at all read as an attack on them doesn't at all read as um even in an, even necessarily an attack on the idea of doing yeah. it it's just more like oh i'm not sure i'd do that it's a critique but it's yeah. not it's kind yeah. of warm yeah. yeah yeah so um and i think that's a nice thing to exist yeah because yeah the other like you one can enjoy just, that the other one that just occurred to me and i'm interested in listeners for hit us after the fact with more synonyms around this nature mm. the other the closest i can think of is a term like white elephant which is oh, yeah, yeah. a fun term which for those who don't know just is usually meant uh, usually talked about in terms of government or societal kind of efforts that big expensive big thing expensive, that doesn't do what it was intended to do yeah just or, you know yeah. you make a you make a foosball field and no one uses it yeah that kind of thing and that's you know a that's a lot more bounded and specific yeah. but also you know that one's very ungenerous really yeah yeah so i think the generosity of um well f- folly is upon a pursuit, but as white, white elephant, you're describing the thing itself. Like, yeah. If this is this is a failure. Yeah. Um, a folly, maybe this is failure. Like you said, it's past, present, and future uh, in its usage. And folly isn't, yeah, it's not restricted to one iteration or one step. Like it could be the whole thing, which yeah. both means that you have the scope for things to be extra foolish because they can go go be so abiding and repetitive, but also there's something about, there's some generosity in that as well, the idea that you can be, not only is it not st- is it not defining something eternal about the person, but it's also not yeah. um, it's not it's not um, denoting a point of no return. Yeah, no, it's not way. a character tattoo. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that was a really good thing. That was a really good thought about it, Chris. That's really um, been helpful for me in the discussing. You're going to have to start positing a, a spot because I, I can't really. I really get it. Um, it's yeah. It is. It does feel like a. One, but I feel like the absolute. So we've, if we go to the absolute midpoint of the list, mm-hmm. which I think is around um, idea sixty now, Chris, mm. mail is number six. Get 60. out of here! Yeah, the the mail sending things sending things via mail was posited by Chris in the first episode of Rank Ideas as as a that's, perfect midpoint for the list, and it just so keeps funny. ending up in the middle. That's so funny. It's so wild. We don't do that on purpose. No, absolutely. Cool. So uh, let's go. 
again, we we can do a long burn through the list, but first let me go up. Yeah, so if I go up from male up towards mm-hmm. better ideas, above male is esports, intersectionality, pornography, gyms, pets, harm, psychology, academia, acting, taxes, boredom, hyperbole, small talk, analogy, self-defense, pragmatism, intelligence, ownership, okay, fornication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we are in the bracket. Yeah, I feel like hyperbole is a hard ceiling mm-hmm. for me, yeah, but it's not as good as that. Um, but yeah, we are in the bracket there. Um, underneath male is um, worship, nostalgia, underdog. Those are all worse, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So that's sure. a, yeah. So that's a little band of twelveish ideas. So again, going down from hyperbole, we've got boredom, taxes, acting, academia, psychology, harm, pets, gyms, pornography, intersectionality, esports, and the male. Better or worse than pets? You think? I feel like better. Yeah. Okay. Harm is a very interesting. See, harm and boredom are now banding the little. It's boredom, taxes, acting, academia, psychology, harm. Boredom and harm are both similar to this in that they're mm. ideas. Yeah. It's you're not ranking how good it is to be bored or harmed. It's yeah, yeah. about the, the conceptual handle. Um, I feel like it's maybe better than harm. Mm, yeah, because it feels like a super idea that includes. I feel like it improves your understanding of harm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, of what leads to it, of what um, causes it, of how to navigate it. Um, I feel I, like it's a nice way of improving understanding of a few things, but not the optimal way of engaging with it. So yeah, it's, it's, which is which is kind of boredom, isn't it? In that kind of same. boredom, yeah. yeah, yeah. It does. I think it's yeah. I think it's either better or worse than boredom. Exactly. Yeah, I think it's I better agree. than the things underneath it. Um, what do you think? How better or worse than boredom? Hmm. Maybe better. Yeah, I th- you think so? I think it's globally better. Boredom was you know listen to our boredom episode, which was episode one hundred. Um, great episode, live episode. Um, but yeah, we definitely talked about. I feel it, yeah, it is, it's quite similar in terms of like, it's about to a level, it's like, all right, this is a phenomenon that you're going to encounter almost certainly Mm. um, that needs navigation, that needs conceptual navigation and sort of community navigation. um, And that starts by understanding what it even is. But I feel like folly, boredom is very much like just like, here's here's what the thing is and here's here's how you conceive of it. Folly is, as we've identified, it's it's separate to just the, the blank idea of, like the analogy, the closer analogy to boredom, to the boredom handle would just be something is a bad idea. Mm. Um, something is ill-advised. Yep. Whereas yep. as we've seen. Um, uh, there are uh, other social functions. Folly as a framing is giving us other conceptual handles mm. um, and sort of character narratives and even sort of storifications that have their costs, but have a lot of benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's great. And for those who. Um, want to know why we wouldn't put it above hyperbole, let alone small talk, analogy, self-defense, et cetera, then re- list, you should definitely listen to those corresponding yeah. episodes for just how to learn just how great those ideas are. And why we like them. Why they're, why they're absolute top 50 Um but yeah, For now. Great. For now, yes. But coming in at the new um, 49 is folly. Thanks, Chris. It was a very specific one for you to be... Um, amenable to ranking. Oh, I loved it. It was fun. It was a fun I mean, chat. That's nothing new. Nothing, <laughs> nothing novel about that. Um, thanks so much for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll speak to you next time. Sometimes commotion, sometimes no commotion.